This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Jim Schaller. Welcome, Good Neighbors, to episode number 70 of the Good Neighbor Podcast, Sestero. Today, we have Good Neighbor Karen Gaston from Wings of Shelter International. Karen, welcome. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a pleasure getting to know a little bit about you today. So let's just jump right in. And why don't you share a little bit about what you do over at Wings of Shelter? Okay. So what I do at Wings of Shelter, I'm actually the business development director. So my job is to develop business, basically, but to let people know exactly what we do at Wings of Shelter. So that is my function. Wow, look at you. So so what is Wings of Shelter all about? What do you guys, what, what's your purpose? What's your drive? So Wings of Shelter, it, what we are, we are a safe home for young minor girls that have been rescued out of human trafficking. So we have several safe homes in the Lee County area. Of course, I can't tell you where they are. And we take girls that have been rescued from human trafficking and we house them, rehabilitate them and share with them the love that they did not get in their trafficking experience. We're licensed through DCF, Department of Children and Family Services. We're vetted through the FBI, Homeland Security, Witness Protection Program. So most of our girls come to us out of the system. They've already probably been in the foster care DCF system they pop up on the surface, and then what happens is the judges, when they're arrested somewhere or picked up for trafficking or runaways, depending on where they come from, and then they come to our shelters, and we take care of them from ages 11 to 18. They age out of our program at 18, but our job is to take that child and turn her into someone who loves herself and who is able to be a an asset to the community when they grow up, teach them how to pay bills. They've been out of the system for a long time. They don't know how to pay bills. They've, they've been in a lot of different places. Anyway, our job is to take them and get them rehabilitated, love them and help them be able to go out into the community at 18, have a home, a car, a family, a job, etc. That is wonderful. That is, you know, and it's much, much needed nowadays. Now, how did you get involved in this to start with? Well, I actually have pretty much lived a life of service. I love to serve people. I'm actually a retired Navy chaplain. I was in the Navy. And so serving our country first. And then I went into, I, I started working with drug and alcohol rehab group homes. And I started as a house mother. I lived with a lot of drug addicts and alcoholics and helped them to rehabilitate them their lives. Love that. And then it just sort of morphed into human trafficking. Years ago, we didn't realize a lot of the girls in the alcohol industry, they had already been trafficked anyway. And now trafficking, we're focusing more on actually counseling and ministry for that actual, the, the, the trafficking side of it. So that's actually how I got involved in human trafficking. Right, got that. And it's, you know, and it's not something that's, I want to say new, but it's become more, I want to say more in the forefront as, yes. of, as of late. Yes. You know, so people are a little bit more aware of it um, and understanding it and supportive of it. So mm -hmm. we've all had some type of 
challenge or you know uh, obstacle through our journey is there something that happened maybe along your journey that you can look back at and go you know what i'm i'm not not glad you went through it but i'm a better person because i went through that um i would say probably one of the most profound things years ago i used to suffer with a lot of anxiety and fear and anxiousness and panic attacks and, um, you know, it, was, it got to the place in my life, it was very debilitating. And I went through a lot of challenges in that. And I finally realized that there was no Calvary that was going to come. Now, I am a Christian, so I do have the Lord and that helped. I wasn't saved back then. But what I did was I realized nobody was going to help me get out of my own head. And the only way to do that was to pick myself up by the bootstraps and figure out how I was going to win this battle. I started reading books, going to conferences, listening to podcasts and doing everything I knew how to change my thinking and to get me from a place of fear into a place of basically fire and challenge and put that passion. I turned that fear into a passion for life and it has worked well and it helps me even now, like my why in life is to help people radically transform their life for the better. If I can do something to help them, that's my why in life. I love helping people. And that's yeah, and that's a passion, and you know, being motivated to to to, to help people and focus on that is is a wonderful thing. Are there? Um, what do I want to say? Are you from down here originally? I'm actually from Florida, and then I really? did graduate high school in Fort Myers. You did. So you've I been did. down here for quite a while. For a minute. Just a minute. And a lot we, of we, we, we moved to Cape Coral in 1976, my family. Wow. Probably not too many people out there at that time, right? Uh, it was it, it was pretty small in that area, but it was a great community. Still is. I love yep. it. Yeah, all of Southwest Florida is, is great. We love that. So are there any myths or maybe misconceptions about, you know, what you do or the industry that we can kind of bust for our listeners? Um, oh, yes, I've got a really good one. The One of the myths concerning human trafficking is that the girls want to be in this industry. They come into this industry by fraud, coercion, fear. The people that bring them into the trafficking life, beat them, hurt them, harm them, and bring great fear into their life. And the reason that they are prostituting themselves is because they're terrified of the outcome from their trafficker. So these men that are frequenting these ladies, they think they want to be there. They do not. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the big difference. And what what can people do to be more aware of these situations that are going out there? Are there signs that they can, you know, they can notice that they can Certainly. lend a hand or help? Mm -hmm. So some of the signs of uh, a child or a person being trafficked, a lot of times they will not hold eye contact at all with any individual. Someone else will do their speaking for them. Very often they won't know where they are, what city, what state, uh, because the traffickers move them around a lot. They're not going to have a lot of conversation with you at all. Somebody else will speak for them. They may have tattoos, burn marks, broken bones. They also um, aren't going to have driver's license, passports, any kind of identification on them. Someone else will carry that. They're usually very secretive, very introverted. And that doesn't mean 
every introvert is being trafficked, but a trafficking victim is usually very introverted and they're because they're afraid of the what's going to happen with their trafficker. They they stay away from people. Now, now Florida in general, I know I know this is a big problem nationwide and worldwide. It is how is Southwest Florida compared to that? So the United States is the number one consumer of sex worldwide. The United States is the number one producer of sex worldwide. And the state of Florida is number three in the nation for human trafficking. Wow. Uh, are there reasons for that? I would say you can't really put a finger on a lot of it, but Florida is a very transient state. We're very vacation. It's very easy to hide and to move people in and out of the state because nobody's paying attention because everyone's on vacation. Um, it's kind of like a party town. California is number one. Texas is number two. Florida is number three. So you look at the locations of where they are and how you can move people in and out very readily. We also have all of the water borders where you can bring people in and bring people out. And for the most part, people say, well, isn't this, isn't human trafficking like foreign nationals? It is not. It is for us. It's the majority of our own nation. Americans are being trafficked. Your children are being trafficked. Your grandchildren are being trafficked. And there's something you might want to tell your viewers uh, moms, dads, grandparents, go online and start watching videos about sex torsion and what this is, what's happening in the schools with our children. It's basically blackmailing the children for naked and other photos. And then they start blackmailing these kids, 11, 12, 13 years old. And it's really getting frightening out there. So, so I know a big thing that was out recently was that movie, The Sound of Freedom, correct? Yes. How realistic is that? Is that That's something that's very realistic? It's very true to point. It was actually very um, graciously done. You really don't see the blood and guts, excuse yeah. the vernacular, in that. Um, the only difference in that, that is a true story. However, normally, most of the children are never found. It is a very small percentage of children that actually escape trafficking. And to be honest with you, when the girls or little boys get sold into trafficking, their trafficker, of course, gets them hooked on drugs immediately. And the life expectancy for a person or a child in trafficking is seven years. They will either die by suicide, die by drug overdose, die at the hands of their trafficker, or die at the hands of their clients. Wow. That's that that's scary. Are there is there something other things that our listeners should know about what you do and, and how you help these people that maybe they don't know? Um, well, we're always looking for volunteers. We do have staff positions often for weekend care staff where you would they could come in and work in the week on the weekends with the children like they would go in the house to relieve the house parents we have a a godly husband and wife that live in the home and then on the weekends friday saturday and sundays we have weekend care staff so that's a paid position we have volunteer positions of mentors where you have to be a woman for the mentor position to come in take the kids out for pizza ice cream you know one-on-one -on -one. Uh, we also are always looking for transportation. People want to transport the girls to mental health counseling, doctor's appointment, dentist appointments. Um, they get to take gymnastics and soccer and piano or whatever they want. 
we we always are hiring. We're a Christian organization, so we hire godly husband and wife to live in the home with the girls. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of something else. And um, if somebody wanted to reach out to us, they can yeah. call us um, at Wings of Shelter. We're 239-340-2980. And our website is wingsofshelter.org. Perfect. Karen, anything else you would like our listeners to know about Wings of Shelter? Uh, well, any time, any, if somebody would like to come out and, oh, you know what? A lot of people have been doing lately, which is really nice for us. We're always looking for finances, of course. People are holding like golf tournaments and sewing clubs and doing all kinds of fundraisers for us. We're relatively small. We have, we have less than 25 employees. So you can see it's tough for us to carry on a big gala. But what we're finding is we're having matching grants for income and um, people doing fundraisers and stuff like that for us, which is great. And we've been really seeing the rewards of that this last year. So that's been great. Very good. Karen, thank you for what you're doing in the community and then for the people in the community and the kids in the community. It's, you know, it's a, it's a very honorable. It's, it's not easy. I mean, you know, seeing and dealing with what you're dealing with is, is not easy on anybody, but um, it's much needed and very much appreciated. Um, any last words for our listeners? Um, you're right. It is not an easy job. It's a calling. And I just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing because being my neighbor out there, good neighbor, what a great podcast. It's a super idea. It's great. You're getting us out there and we're getting to meet each other through you. So thank you for being a connector for us. And that's what it's about. It's about bringing community together and helping each other and, and become a stronger community in the end. This is great. Here, Karen, thank you. You and you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you much, Jim. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Estero. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpastero.com. That's gnpastero.com. Or call 239-296-2621.